Hey there, everyone. This is your host, Michelle Ann Olson, and you are listening to Are You Afraid of the Bark? The podcast that goes bark in the night. I hope that each and every one of you had a very happy Halloween. My day was spent exactly as I said I would spend it, dressed as the sea witch Ursula from The Little Mermaid, which, when you work at an aquarium, is surprisingly on brand. So I had a great time dressed up, scaring little children who didn't quite know what to make of me or my octopus tentacles, or arms rather is the correct term. And I enjoyed teaching giving some educational programming about real-life monsters, like all of the very creepy deep-sea fish who are truly the stuff of nightmares, way more so than Freddy or Jason, like the ghost shark and the goblin shark. So that was a fun day for me. Great Halloween. I came home and read from this book that I bought online from Amazon. It's called Haunted Pet Stories. Tales of Ghostly Cats, Spooky Dogs, and Demonic Bunnies. It's written by Mary Beth Crane, and reading that book was just the perfect way to end a great Halloween day. Very low-key, but still with some spooks and with a lot of fun. And go figure, it actually has inspired the topic for this episode. Let's, without further ado, jump right into it. Our topic today is... The Ghost Cat of the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse. And this is a story that came to my attention in reading this book, Haunted Pet Stories. I realized that my past few episodes have been about broader topics, like what cats and dogs can sense of the supernatural, can they sense the supernatural, the use of animals in witchcraft. So those are sort of broader topics that I have found really interesting. I really enjoyed researching those topics and talking about those topics in my last few episodes. But I wanted to get back to sort of the core of this podcast, which is animal hauntings. And so this week, I want to talk about this particular location that is said to be haunted by a few very famous human ghosts and also a perhaps even better known feline ghost. So once again, I'm talking about the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse. So the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse is located on the shore of Lake Erie in Fairport Harbor, Ohio. It's built at the mouth of a river called the Grand River, and so it was originally known as the Grand River Lighthouse. It's one of the many historic, important lighthouses used to guide ships in and out of the Great Lakes. Obviously very important for commerce in that region. So this lighthouse was built in 1825, but after its initial building, it fell into disrepair and it was rebuilt in 1871. That more recent building and the keeper's house alongside it still stand today, and they were used until 1925, when the buildings were abandoned for a new lighthouse that was built nearby. But the lighthouse and keeper's house stand to this day and are actually, today, a maritime museum. That plays into our story. A little bit more about the lighthouse itself. It's 70 feet high and built of sandstone. 
Throughout the lighthouse's operational history, there were two prominent lighthouse keepers, two well-known lighthouse keepers and their families who inform our story and the history of this place. So the first keeper of the lighthouse was a man named Samuel Butler and an all-around upstanding guy. He was an abolitionist and he made the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse a terminal of the Underground Railroad. So a place where runaway slaves could safely stop and stay as they fled the United States for the safety and freedom of Canada. So Samuel Butler was an important cog in the machinations of the Underground Railway, a really upstanding guy. Mr. Butler will come back into our story in just a few minutes, but it's worth noting that this place was very important to him and to his beliefs, and that could explain why perhaps his spirit is one of those who remains rooted in the lighthouse to this day, but I'll get back to that. So the first keeper of the reconstructed lighthouse after 1871 was Captain Joseph Babcock. And he and his family lived on the grounds. So two of his children were born in the lighthouse keeper's home next to the lighthouse itself. He and his wife were content to raise their family at this location in the home alongside the lighthouse. But tragedy struck when their five-year-old son, Robbie, suddenly died from smallpox. The sources here... They say different things. One source said that he died at 14. Many say that he died at 5. But all of them agree that the smallpox took him unexpectedly and that his passing was an unexpected blow, an unexpected tragedy for the family. At the same time of his passing, Mrs. Babcock fell ill and she remained bedridden inside the house, devastated, grieving the loss of the young Robbie. Now, Mr. Babcock was obviously devastated by the loss of his son as well, and worried about the welfare, the well-being of his wife. And so, in order to try to cheer her as she lay bedridden inside the keeper's house, he basically brought home a bunch of cats. He brought into their home, many, many cats, and it was their antics and their playfulness and their presence in their home. These were said to be some of the only things that caused Mrs. Babcock to laugh and smile following the tragic loss of Robbie. Now, her favorite of these cats was said to be a gray cat that her husband found in the lighthouse basement, and his name was Sentinel, and he became her constant companion and her very favorite of all of these cats. Sentinel was this gray ball of energy, extremely playful, spent time playing on her bed and with her, and she was just enamored with this cat. Eventually, Mrs. Babcock did pass away. She never recovered from the illness that set her to bed following Robbie's death. And when she died, all of the cats who had lived with them slowly disappeared one by one. They slowly went away. We're not sure where, but no longer being cared for. They just sort of wandered off. But Sentinel stayed around for a little while. 
And then, like the others, he too disappeared. So fast forward to our modern times, and the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse has become, like I said, a maritime museum. It was restored into a museum in 1945, and it has a lot of nautical and historic exhibits that are important to the history, the, the, the local, the regional history of that part of Lake Erie. So for years in our modern history, curators at the Lighthouse Museum swore that they saw the ghost of a cat skittering across the kitchen floor or jumping on the bed. One of the curators, Pamela Brent, said that she saw on several occasions the wispy gray spirit of the cat. She says, quote, It would skitter across the floor near the kitchen like it was playing. I would catch glimpses of it from time to time. End quote. It's worth noting that this curator, Brent, lived on the upper floor of the keeper's house for years. She said, quote, then one evening I felt its presence when it jumped on the bed. I felt its weight pressing on me. At first it kind of freaked me out. But ghosts don't bother me. They are a part of the world. End quote. So many people, including that curator, reported feeling some kind of presence in the lighthouse, an eerie presence in the darkened tower. And these are volunteers who worked and lived on the premises who still work on the premises of the lighthouse, the museum. In addition to this curator, many other volunteers reported seeing the wispy gray shadow shape of a cat skittering across the floor as though in play, and more than one person reported that phenomena. They knew more or less the history of the Babcocks and that cats had been a presence in the lighthouse and keeper's house during their tenure. But then something rather remarkable happened in 2001. In 2001, they were making renovations to the two buildings. They were installing air conditioning, and while workers worked in the wall space, they discovered the mummified remains of a cat in a crawl space. So this mummified cat was thought to have been trapped in that space, somewhere in the crawl space in the walls, and due to the right combination of sort of salt and dryness, was completely mummified so that it looks, and you can look at pictures of the cat, like an Egyptian mummified cat without the casket. Now, this discovery seemed perfectly in line with the gray puff of smoke, this gray spirit, this feline spirit that so many of the volunteers had seen moving in and out of the rooms of the keeper's house. Many of them surmise that the cat is sentinel himself and that his presence in the walls is why his spirit remains on the site to this day. So believe it or not, that mummified cat is now on display at the Lighthouse Museum. It is its strangest and most popular artifact, as you can imagine, and it has been the inspiration for more than one ghost hunting group or television show to film or record in the museum. So in 2009, the Ohio researchers of Banded Spirits spent the night in the lighthouse 
doing all kinds of paranormal investigations, and they claim that they recorded the sound of a meow during their time. So I looked into that EVP on the website of this paranormal investigation group, and it's very faint. Basically, the lead investigator in that moment is asking questions of the keepers. She says something to the effect of, you must have worked in this line of work for many years. And it's true that in the background of the recording, you can hear a faint sort of meow. I listened to it a few times. It's up on the website of that investigative group. I listened to it a few times and it's faint, but it's definitely there. Now what's interesting is that these paranormal groups have also, it would seem, made contact with some of the human spirits who may reside at the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse. So in the upstairs bedroom where Mrs. Babcock stayed with her cats, a certain paranormal group called site, S-I-G-H-T, was performing an investigation. They were in that space and they asked, is a Captain Babcock here? There was a weird sounding reply and it sounds distorted, but does sound like the word Babcock. Their next question was, are there any ghosts around here? And that reply is apparently very clear. Spirit of Babcock. Another question of theirs was regarding the first, you'll remember Samuel Butler, the first keeper of the lighthouse. The question asked was, where's Captain Butler? To which something appears to respond, spirit. So that was recorded near the top of the lighthouse itself. I wanted to close this story with another quote from that one curator, Pamela Brent. Here's what she has to say about the purported haunting of the lighthouse of the museum. Quote, It is spooky here when you're by yourself. It is very still. A lot of people don't believe in ghosts, but I do. Lighthouses are magnets for ghosts. They are an area for safety for spirits. End quote. So it could be that this lighthouse not only guided so many ships in the Great Lakes, during the years it was operational, but perhaps serves as some kind of beacon for spirits, a safe place for them as well. As far as Sentinel himself is concerned, I wasn't able to find proof that his ghost is still around now that his remains have been unearthed. You might think that now that his remains have been found, that perhaps his spirit has found peace and moved on to some other plane. I know that his story has been wildly publicized. Like I said, his remains are absolutely the museum's most famous and oddest artifact, and his story has been featured not only in this book that I'm reading, but on the Discovery Channel and Animal Planet on their various haunted programs. He's been featured in countless news articles and on blogs, and as I mentioned, paranormal investigative groups seek out the lighthouse, mainly inspired by his story. So that EVP that I mentioned, that was taken in... 2009. His remains were found in 2001, and his story was featured on the Discovery Channel in 2010, so all of that would imply that his spirit is still around if he's being caught on EVP 
And if his story is still being told, one would think that his haunting is still prolific, that he hasn't faded away. I just find it curious that even now that his body has been found, that he would still be rooted to that spot. Maybe he was happy with Mrs. Babcock. Maybe she's still around and they're together. Or maybe it's because his remains are on display and he can't find peace as long as that's the case. I'm not sure. But that is the story of Sentinel and the ghost cat of the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse. I thought that it was about time we focus an episode on a particular animal and a particular haunting. So there you have it. This brings us to the end of this episode 12, which will be short and sweet. I have a few asks of you, if you'll bear with me. First and foremost, I wanted to ask you what kinds of stories you want to hear on the podcast from here on out. Do you like when I talk about a broad topic, like whether animals can sense the supernatural? Or do you prefer these more personal stories about individual hauntings, individual animals, peoples, places, and histories? Do you have a preference? Do you like a mix of both? If you have any thoughts on the matter, please do reach out to me. As you know, you can reach me by email at afraidofthebarkpodcast.gmail.com. I'm on Facebook at A-Y-A-O-T-B podcast. Instagram is Afraid of the Bark podcast. And Twitter is simply at Afraid of the Bark. Let me know always what specific stories you want to hear, if there are any you want to hear. But also, please let me know what sorts of topics you're most enjoying. These particular hauntings or these broader topics or a mix of both. I just want to bring this podcast in a direction that you, the listener, wants. I don't want to go rogue. I want to do things sort of working in tandem with you. My second ask I put out over social media earlier this week, but it is really an ask that if you have not reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, they're the same thing now, that you stop and consider reviewing the podcast. You can give me any kind of review you like, but obviously a positive one would be most appreciated. If you haven't done that yet, and if you're a fan of the podcast, a subscriber of the podcast, I ask you to take five minutes and do it, because it would be a huge help to me in terms of visibility and who is able to search for and see this podcast and maybe fall in love with its content. So those are my two big asks for this week. Review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have not. And if you have, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And drop me a line. Let me know what kinds of stories you prefer. And that's it. Short and sweet, like I said, I'll leave you with the story of Sentinel and Mrs. Babcock to ruminate on their relationship and the mystery of his remains. Oh, I will mention very quickly that when I was in Ireland... A few years ago, I visited a church in Dublin and I saw the mummified remains of a cat there who actually inspired a line in a book by James Joyce. Like the mummified remains of this cat were found tragically in the organ. He got stuck in the organ and the blast of air from the organist starting up the organ mummified him. 
and then the organ stopped working and they discovered his remains and his remains are on display at this church but they inspired this very famous line of literature in a James Joyce novel James Joyce of course being this this famous Irish author Oh, sorry, I actually just looked it up, and it's a, I forgot about this, it's a rat and a cat, and the rat must have run into the organ, and the cat ran after it, and then both were stuck and mummified. And it inspired this famous line from James Joyce's book, Finnegan's Wake. One of his characters was, as stuck as that cat to that mouse in that tomb of that Christ church organ. So they are locally known as Tom and Jerry, and they're on display at this church in Dublin in its basement. It was truly a bizarre artifact to see, but and horrible the way that these animals died, but so interesting that they've become, in their death, memorialized in literature and as these sort of local celebrities in the basement of this church. Anyway, that was a huge tangent right at the end of my podcast, but that's what the story of the mummified sentinel reminded me of. I really hope that his death was a little bit more natural and less tragic. Wow, what a strange way to end this podcast, but end it I will before I go on any more tangents. Thank you very much for listening to this episode 12. I hope to see you next week for what is hopefully a spooky and delightful episode 13. And I'll leave you, as I always do, by simply wishing you sweet dreams tonight. Thanks for listening.